Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my Move the Ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. This podcast is all about business, branding, sports, leadership, and of course, how to move the ball. And this episode is part of my special coaches series. And I'm super excited and super honored for today's show inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball is the one, the only, the legendary Coach Mike Ditka. Now, Coach Ditka doesn't need any introduction, but let me just give a brief bio. Coach Ditka played college football at Pitt and was drafted fifth overall by the Chicago Bears in the 1961 draft. And that year, he was named UPI NFL Rookie of the Year. As a player, he was a five-time Pro Bowl selection and a six-time All-Pro tight end. He played for the Chicago Bears, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys. Coach Dicka had the honor of being the first tight end inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1988. Post his NFL playing career, he started coaching with the Dallas Cowboys and has also served as the head coach of the Chicago Bears, as well as head coach for the New Orleans Saints. Lastly, Coach Ditka is a three-time Super Bowl champ and is only one of two people who have won Super Bowls as a player, an assistant coach, and a head coach. Coach Ditka, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm just super excited to have this conversation. It is such an honor. People always ask me, they say, Jen, how did you get into football? And my answer was, I was just a girl who grew up in Chicago who fell in love with the game when I was four, watching the Bears of the 80s, and of course, your leadership. So I thank you for that. And where I want to kick off our conversation is you have kind of always been this person who has had a competitive nature. And growing up, you played many sports, basketball, baseball, and football. But football, you said, was really your sport. So I want to start out by asking you, why football? And what are some of the lessons that football taught you to be successful? Well, I, I think sports in general teaches you lessons. There's a lot of discipline required, a lot of hard work, a lot of effort. It doesn't come easy. You can't just go out there and be a star. You got to work at it. You got to uh, practice doing the things that you're weak at. To me, I just love the game. I love to play the game. And so when I played the game, I played it as well as I could and as hard as I could and as fair as I could. And so I let the chips fall where they may, and they filmed in a good spot. Tell us, how old were you when you first picked up a first football? As a child, I was involved with baseball started playing football, basically, and uh, I went to a Catholic grade school, and uh, we had a football team, so I guess I would have been about fifth grade when I started. I heard that there was a time that you had actually considered quitting football, and there was a coach that kind of kept you in the sport. Can you share a little bit more about that coach, the influential role he played, and what he might have said to you to keep you going? Well, that was my high school football coach. His name was Carl Ashman. He was a Dutchman, a great, great man. And uh, I was a pretty good baseball player as a kid. I really was. And I couldn't hit a curveball, but other than that, I could hit a fastball. I thought I'd have a better chance at baseball, and he told me to stick with it. And uh, I stuck with it, and things came my way. I got a college education out of it and uh, ended up getting drafted by the Chicago Bears, which was uh, tremendous. And uh, 
And I had a pretty good pro, pro football career. Absolutely. And so you mentioned getting a college education, which is important. You went to Pitt. You wanted to be a dentist. I've heard, uh, obviously, went in a different direction. But talk to us about your college football experience at Pitt. As I mentioned, there are so many lessons that football teaches us. Can you share with us, was there a, a moment, a practice, or a game that really stuck out in your mind as one that taught you an important lesson that has always stuck with you throughout your career? Well, I think there were a lot of them, not only one. But I think I found out early in life that the, the harder you work, the harder you practice, the more you try, the more success you're going to have. You just can't take it for granted and say, well, I'm here, I'm going to succeed. It doesn't work that way. You're here, if you work your butt off, then you've got a chance to succeed. That's all you got. you got a chance. Whether you do or not, that's totally up to you. Absolutely. And as you know, it takes a team to succeed and to move the ball. Was there any other player or students that you had met at Pitt that kept you going and pushed you to be a better athlete and a better person? Well, my high school coach was one of the greatest men I've ever met, Carl Ashman. He, I was a pretty good baseball player. He encouraged me to play football, and I played football, and it worked out for me because I got the college education out of it. I don't even get the college education. Got to go to Pitt, which is a great university. I went to school to be a dentist. And I'm glad that didn't work out. But the people uh, I would have had to work on. I had a great college career. I really did. But everything changed when I got to the Bears. I became a football player uh, with the Bears, and uh, nobody knew what a tight end was. And I became one of the first ones to play had a lot of success because I had a great quarterback named Bill Wade, and he loved to throw the football to me. And so we had a pretty good thing in my rookie year. As a result of that, I became rookie of the year. And what do you think is a big difference transitioning from being a college player to the NFL? Was there uh, something that stood out in your mind? It was like, oh, this is the NFL. This is professional football. This is how it's done. Is there anything that you would pinpoint as being very different in terms of just the way not so much like the rules of the game, but just in the way it operates. There's one thing that has to be universal. You have to have a love of the game. You can't play it for the money. You can't play it for the fame. You got to play it because you love to play it. If you do that, then you got a chance to be a success. If you don't, you'll never be a success. And you ended up, as I mentioned when I read your bio, you won a Super Bowl as a player, uh, Super Bowl six with the Dallas Cowboys. Talk to us about what was it like that season leading up to the Super Bowl and then ultimately winning it? Well, I played for one of the greatest men I've ever met in my life, Tom Landry. He took a chance on me when my career was really nowhere after I came out of Philadelphia, and he got me in dollars. He stuck with me, and they worked with me, and he encouraged me. And I, I became a success, not because of me. I had a quarterback named Roger Spellback. I had a lot of good things, so it all worked out good. So I'm very, very fortunate. I was in the right place at the right time. Well, that's great. And sometimes we need to be in the right place at the right time for opportunities to come our way. And you decided that you were going to hang up your cleats, retire from the NFL. You went into coaching, and I know Tom Landry played a role with that. Talk to us about how you got to be a coach with the Dallas Cowboys and for Tom. I had a pretty good playing career there for four years. We won a Super Bowl, and I went in and I talked to Coach Landry, and I said, I, I want to thank you for the opportunity you gave me down here and everything. And I said, I'm not going to retire. He said, well, I'm sorry that everything comes to an end. He said, but have you ever thought about coaching? And I said, no, I never really did. And he said, so why don't you think about coaching? I got a job over with the books and the special team, and I'd like to hire you. And that was it. Tom wasn't a man of a lot of words. He said, I'd like to hire you. He hired me. I became a special teams coach because of the Cowboys and because of Tom Landry. 
I had a lot of success. Tom Landry was an extraordinary coach many, many years with the Cowboys. What in your mind is it about Tom that made him so great? It was consistent. You didn't, you didn't get one thing one day and another thing the next day. You got the same thing. You got the same man. He was a great leader and he was a great disciplinarian. He believed in doing the right thing all the time, not some of the time. When you look back on your coaching career, what would you say to people that are either coaching currently in the NFL or thinking about a coaching career? What do you think are the key factors or the key characteristics to make someone a successful coach today? Well, I think you got to hire good people around you. You can't do it all by yourself. So you have to have good assistant coaches. No question about that. But that's one of the main things. And the main thing is, once you set your goals, be consistent. Don't waver on them. The players can do a lot of things if you give them a chance to do it. And that's what I did. I gave them a chance to do it, but we did the right things. And something you talk about a lot is setting goals, putting together your game plan, your playbook, having methods to achieve those goals. When you first started out in your coaching career working for under Tom, what was your goal for being a coach? To be the best coach I could be for the Dallas Cowboys. And I, that was the coach to the you know, tight ends and the special teams. And that's what I did. And we did a good job. I had people working with me. We did a good job. We made the players on the team understand that special teams was a very important part of the program. And we had to be good in special teams. We were going to be a good team. And we drummed that across to them. And once they got that, we became a good special team team. And we became a very good team with the Dallas Cowboys. And so let's transition to your head coaching career. Talk to us about what is the difference between being a head coach and what you need to do to be successful? I mean, obviously, you still need a good team around you, but how is that different to excel in being an elite head coach versus being a position coach? The buck stops here. Simple as I can put it. <laughs> You're the boss. So you can't say, well, when something goes wrong, go see him. It's you. Yes. So you have to be responsible for all the good and the bad. So you have to understand that. I understood that pretty well. And so 1982, you ended up uh, becoming the Bears head coach. Talk to us about what was that first year like for you as head coach of the Chicago Bears? It was tough. It was tough. Uh, you, know, you, got, you question yourself when you're not having success. But then when you start having success, then you understand you were doing the right things, but you didn't have the right people. And that was our problem. We were trying to, we were doing the right things, not the right people. We finally got the right people in the right places. I got a quarterback, I got this, got that. We became a good football team. And it takes a good leader to bring the right people together so that they can coach together, play together, move the ball, as I'll say. And you've been known to tell the team that when you got there, there was going to be some turnover. But if they're willing to work hard and stick with you, give three years and walk with me, we'll get to the dance. Talk to us about, as a coach, you play a very influential role. What are some of the things that you think are necessary to get your team to stay with you, to trust you, to walk with you, to get to the dance? What do you think was it about your style that really kept that team motivated and focused on the objective, which was to get to the Super Bowl, which you guys did ultimately? You have to be consistent. You can't be up and down and over and out. You got to be the same guy. You got to be consistent with your goals and what you're trying to achieve. You must get that point across to your football team. They're part of the part of the big game plan, and the game plan is won't work without them. They make you work. I just worked on that because that's what I learned, and that's what I learned from Coach Landry, who I thought was the greatest, one of the greatest men I've ever met. 
when we look at the Bears of the 80s, there are a lot of different personalities on that team. That's what made, in my opinion, the Chicago Bears great as well, was just the characters of the individuals on that team. Talk to us about coaching those personalities and what that was like. Well, you coach everybody the same. You know, you don't have a set of rules for one guy and another set of rules for another guy. You have the same set of rules you do for Walter Payton as you did for the defensive lineman. And that's just the way you have to be. You have to be a system. But we had a lot of talent, but we didn't have a belief that we were good enough to win. And that's what we needed. And we got that confidence and we got that belief. We got the right players in there. When we got McMahon, we got the right guy for the job. Whether people liked it or not, he was the right guy for us. Then we had a fantastic defense coached by Buddy Ryan, who was probably as good a defensive coordinator as ever coached in the game. We just put the pieces together in the right spot. And then, you know, people say, well, why McMahon? Well, because I watched McMahon play at BYU. It was good. He got the job done. And we put him in a position where he could succeed, and he did. Let's talk about that 85 season. Winning games, obviously, we know the Bears lost to Miami. Their one loss of the season. But talk to us about just what season was like, the team coming together, continually winning game after game, week after week, and then ultimately going into the playoffs and the Super Bowl. It was the players. It wasn't me. I mean, they knew what our job was and what we were trying to accomplish, and they did it. Should we have lost the one game to Miami? I don't know if we should have or not, but you know what? That loss really refocused us. We were getting kind of full of ourselves and kind of got us back on track, and we went on and finished it out and had a great year and won the Super Bowl. And that was the important thing. It wasn't to go undefeated or anything else. It would have been nice to do that, but we won it, and that's what counts. And let's talk about coaching for the Super Bowl itself. Did you coach differently in the time preparing up to the Super Bowl than you did during the season, or was it consistent? No, I learned that when I was with the Cowboys. We changed. We put a whole new game plan in for the Super Bowl when I was with the Cowboys, and we lost the game. I went into our Super Bowl believing that we could win with what we had, and we, we, we could. And we did the same thing. We just did them better. So when you look at where the NFL has gone, over the last few decades, and players are now bigger, stronger, faster today. I'm curious, what advice would you have for guys that are trying to either make it to the league or to extend their time in the league? We know that uh, the average NFL career continues to get shorter. So do you have any advice that you would share with young kids listening to the show today? If you love the game, play the game. Play it as hard as you can for as long as you can. Let the chips fall where they may. You're not going to do everything perfect, but when you do the right things often enough, you're going to have success. Great advice. As you know, I mean, winning in both life and in football is about overcoming challenges, overcoming obstacles. Can you just share with us a time throughout your coaching career where you've had to overcome a challenge and what you did to do that? Well, I think you do that every day, really. And there's going to be times you question what you're doing. There's no question about it. But as you're doing something and you're not having a lot of success at it, you start to question it. But then you got to look back at it and say, are we doing the right thing? Yes. Are we doing the right thing for the right reason? Yes. Then you continue to do it and you'll get better. Once your players believe that you're doing the right thing, then you got a chance to succeed. And if they don't believe, it doesn't matter what you do, you're not going to succeed. Absolutely. And so I'm going to ask you two other questions before we do what I call my two-minute drill. The first question I'm going to ask you is, what is the best piece of advice that you were given in your career? Well, I don't know. I had I had a tremendous high school coach. I had a great college coach. Uh, you know, I had good people out my life. Do the right thing for the right reason and you'll be okay. 
I think that's one thing I learned, but I learned a lot of that from my dad. You know, because if I did learn to do the right thing, I got my butt with. It was simple. You know, I was raised in a different time than these kids are today. <laughs> so I got I got a thing called the leather belt across my butt. And if I did the wrong thing. So that was my dad. And I'm so grateful that he raised me that way because it taught me right from wrong. That's important. My last question is going to be, what would be the best piece of advice that you would give to somebody? Well, I think it's important in life that you have, you have three things. I said, you got to be innate. You got to have a great attitude. You got to be a positive attitude. You got to have character, good, strong character, and you got to have a lot of energy or enthusiasm. If you have those three things and you're innate, you got a chance to succeed. Great piece of advice. And so now, Coach, what I want to do is take you through my two minute drill. I'm going to just ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Okay. All right. My first question is What did you want to be when you were 10 years old? A baseball player. Nice. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Although there's been movies about you, but who would play? If there was a new movie about you, who would play you? Who would play me? Yes. I have no idea. What is your favorite vacation spot? I used to love to go to the West Coast. We ended up buying a home in Naples, Florida, and I love Naples, Florida. That's my favorite uh, place, though. We're down there about uh, three months a year, and uh, I love it. That's a beautiful area. How about, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Cherry vanilla. How about, what is a pet peeve of yours? Pet peeve, lace. <laughs> <laughs> what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I don't listen to the podcast now. I think I've read all the books I'm going to read. I don't <laughs> read any, any much anymore. My last question is, you are hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people. Who would you choose and why? Who would I choose and why? Well... That would be one, my wife just said it, Ronald Reagan, whom I have nothing but the greatest respect for. Stan Musial, who was my childhood hero and the greatest baseball player I've ever seen. I don't know who the third would be. Dom Landry, that's the one, Dom Landry. Great choices. Well, Coach, thank you so much for being on the show today. Like I said, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on, so I really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone for listening. Until next time, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.